Yo, 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 before we get started, let me borrow your ear right quick. Because, well, I guess I'm not borrowing your ear right quick. This is a podcast audio format. It's going to be a minute. Like, even when I'm done with this brief interruption, interjection, whatever you might label it, still a whole podcast after that. So stick around for that. But we digress. We're doing a new thing here at Three Black Men. We are going to conduct a four-week course. It's going to meet on Thursdays starting on September the 15th of 2022. So I hope you're listening to this on time because if you wait too long, like too many weeks or whatever, it's going to be dated. You can jump in afterwards, but a month from there. Anyway, this course is going to talk about the gospel, right? A pretty big part of the Bible. But what is the gospel? What are its political implications, if there are any? How do we handle this gospel? What did it mean in its original context? What does it mean to us today? And we hope to talk about some of these things, explore some of them in community. And it's open to each and every person who is a subscriber to our Patreon community at any level. So if that's not you, you still got time right now to head on over to patreon.com slash three black men and sign up to join that community and you could partake in this course with us. I hope to see each and every one of y'all there. It's going to be a dope time. Welcome everyone to Black Coffee and Theology. Hello everyone, welcome back to the pod. It is good to be with you all. I hope you have been enjoying the season thus far as we have taken our time, whether it has been through individual podcasts or it has been through wonderful guests to sit with who is God to us now. And that last episode with Rose J. Percy and Carla Mendoza on who is God to us and our softness. Mm, Wonderful. So on today's episode, I have a returning guest. It's part two of a conversation, bonus material, if you will, uh, with Camille Hernandez. And we uh, talked earlier in the season and I have leftover content uh, from that conversation. And so you can get a bit more of a conversation together. (laughs) And Camille is a public educator and abolitionist, a theo poet, and she's currently writing a book. And I'm excited for you all to get it. when it comes out so it's going to be out in fall 2023 and stay tuned uh over the next year as we get more updates for it but yeah here is part two of the conversation with camille sit back and relax and enjoy And for me, it's like, no, you hold the whole person accountable. There will be good, but if they haven't grown, then, then, then there really was no goodness. It was just ego. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, I believe that watching people is, is a whole contemplative practice. Like we, 
I, I don't, I don't hold you. It would be rude of me to hold you as you are. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of me being able to walk with you, discern with you, learn from you, check for like, check you, have you check me. Right. It's relationship. And that's another part of the image of God for me is if God is three persons, then that means that the image of God is community. So I need you and you need me. And, and un- there's a lot of people that I don't want. And I often say like, you know, Jesus says in my father's house, there's many rooms. I cannot tell you how many times I've told people like, look, your room is in heaven is like an eternity away from my room. But I still recognize that like, we are, we are kindred. We just have our rooms in this kingdom and this palace. They ain't close. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is. It is. Yeah. It is. I <laughs> listen, that's real. I, um, that's, that's funny that you bring that up. You're segueing yourself. You are a podcast host. I am talking I, podcast. <laughs> because the next thing that I was going to talk about was a communal care ethic in God. Uh, mm-hmm. So look at you. You're like, I segue myself. I didn't even know we were going there and look who we are. Look, we're here. <laughs> look, look mama, we here. <laughs> we're here. We are here. It, it's something that I see in your like lived reality, how you carry yourself. And part of how I think in deconstruction, I, I want to just put it actually out on the table. Sometimes what I, I think for people of color and how we deconstruct as as opposed to our white siblings. Um, and this isn't a, this isn't a dig as like us versus them, right? I, I mm-hmm. want to make that very clear is a lot of times when we're deconstructing, we part of what we're deconstructing from is white supremacy, actually yeah. a large part of it. Um, <laughs> that, all, all that, all like 99 <laughs> Part of it, you know, so sometimes what I hear in our, our white siblings conversation is they are deconstructing certain points of like orthopraxy, right? And, or they're like, I didn't like this rule in my church. And most of what is leading us to out of the church is it's the white supremacy for me. it's a it's a a white supremacy which leads us a lot of us and some of it is even in the black church and that's a different conversation Um, i'm ready to have that conversation with you when you're ready maybe not this episode but yeah yeah and (laughs) because in that and that's the biggest mind (laughs) redacted is it's not just like oh we just found it in white spaces is white supremacy in black spaces too yeah. and among uh, our <laughs> black siblings like oh we ran right into the arms of white supremacy yeah yeah <laughs> with in black arms um, you didn't see the hoods in the in the closet yo, yeah we ran like, them too yo um <laughs> ouch and um <laughs> and so but something that we are trying to foster is that communal ethic in that communal mm-hmm. care ethic and part of that is accountability but part of that is needing to create that affinity space mm-hmm. um, where we can feel God in community where we can feel God in each other um, but I think part 
in part what's shaped in that is we need a space where we're free from white supremacy. So I, I wanted to just kind of illuminate some of your words because you brought up the community uh, with, with God, but I also want to say that community has to be free from white supremacy. So totally. what do you, what do you think about that? I'm hundred percent for that. There's no, <laughs> there's like a part of me that's like, I don't know how to explain why. <laughs> I just think it's right. But um, I had a friend who had, she, she is a pastor and she wanted to work in a church that was beyond queer affirming. And I, I, I don't know what the word is. So I'm just going to say like queer normalized. Yeah. Are the words that I'm using right now. So if, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and she was offered this position as a pastor and she was really excited. And afterwards she had a conversation with the head pastor and she said, I love this opportunity, but I can't work here because I'm different when I work under white men. And that, I, I remember she was explaining that to me years ago. And I was like, that is like, that's so brave to be able to not only recognize, but name, like, I'm like, to me, I was like, you just dismissed a paycheck, but she was like, I just can't work under white men. Like I'm different. And I, before I can be in a context that is integrated with like with white people again I need to be be who I am and be comfortable who I am and for for she and I it was like we just have to be in BIPOC spaces um in order to to be fully who we are um as somebody who's like mixed I like I'm a black and Asian woman I I inhabit fantasy unfortunately like I really like, can I cuss? Okay. I really fucking hate it. Like I, I, I hate this shit. And I can't tell you how many times I've been like, like just in spaces where I'm like, like stop fucking looking at my ass. Like, right. Like, (laughs) or like being with pastors who leave the door open when there's meetings and I have to be like, I don't want you. I don't like, I don't know why you leave the door open. Like, I'm not telling you to close the door, but let's be clear. I don't want you. And I don't want you to think that I do. I, I like the audacity of thinking that um, I'm this sexualized being that I would yeah. want somebody when I'm like, you're like, FYI, it, it wouldn't happen anyway. Yeah, you're, right? like, you're like, FYI. Right. No. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a whole TLC and you are O-Town. No one cares about you. Right? Like, I, don't, I don't think you understand this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me breathe through this. But there's like, when you're... <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't. There's like, and there's like these levels of social paranoia, right? Like, are you taking me seriously? Are you, are, are like, how are you objectifying me? I have been over-sexualized in too many spaces. Um, and I, to the point where like, I, I would like, I messed up my posture. I messed up the way that I held my body because I had to hide it. Cause it was, it was, it was bad. And like that comes alongside with like patriarchy but when you add like the 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 bloodlust and the oversexualization of the white imagination, these are just spaces that are not safe. Yeah. And I remember like 
I, yeah, I've, I've just been in too many spaces where I'm like, I, I actually just don't feel safe. And I know that if I want to like work my way up in specific areas, then I either have to like denounce my blackness, denounce my Asian-ness. Um, I have to dress a certain way. I have to hide myself. Um, I, I had to take my places into deep depression just to be accepted. Mm. And it's not, I'm not like my mental health is too precious. God cares too much about me for me to sacrifice all that. Period. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And thank you for naming that because especially the old town part, I think <laughs> <laughs> it's the audacity for me. And I think, <laughs> I think for me, like naming white supremacy in church spaces, whether they are predominantly white or people of color led is important as a barrier to community, right? Mm -hmm. In and sketching out who has got to us now, we have to say that a barrier to having communion with God's people is white supremacy, right? Like that is absolutely something we can't skip past because a lot of people have this over-idealized version of like, we just go, why can't people come to the 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 church to worship god um because there's a big elephant in the room mixed with a tiger who's eating up all the people (laughs) (laughs) that's a visual and uh, that tiger elephant is called white supremacy um and no in that that animal is causing women to break their posture it's causing women's bodies to be beat down it's causing all of us to be diminished and marred and our bodies to be broken. Mm -hmm. And it's causing, you know, white supremacy broke me in, in ways that I am still coming to grips with and in ways that I never thought that I would be whole again, to be honest. Um, Yeah. I, I know that it stopped me from, ever thinking that I would be able to fully see God ever, uh, mm-hmm. honestly. And, and so for me, if we're not talking about that, um, if we're not calling that out, like <laughs> for me, it, it's why talking about deconstructing mm-hmm. without talking about the white supremacy part, I get very hot Yeah, because what are we talking about here? I, I mean, I try to have some patience mm-hmm. um, because if that's not, okay. <laughs> like, because I'm listening to conversations and they're, they're talking about I'm deconstructing and then I'm listening to the convo. I'm listening. Deconstructing. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you hated your church. Yeah. Great. That's like, a, are you sure? Are yeah. You sure like, yeah. And I'm like, your church sucked. You should absolutely leave it. Like, like but there's like, there's no. So I, I'm now at a place where I can say my presence and my time is precious. Right. And I, it is like, I am a whole gift. So if you're going to be in relationship with me, like I love people hard. I want to make people laugh. Like I want us to be free. I am a whole gift, 
But if you come up in here and you say like, oh, I'm deconstructing, but there has, especially when it comes to whiteness and there has been no efforts to deconstruct the internalized God complex of whiteness, then boo-boo, there's no space for me. Like, I was just like, I- I'm clocking out. I'm clocking out, right? For me, it's like, I, look, I, I have grown up in PWIs my whole life. I, it wasn't until college that I was like around people of color. Um, one thing I can tell you from growing up in like coastal California whiteness is everyone wants a black girl to be their best friend. Everybody, everyone, they want to live that 1990s romantic comedy, sassy black girlfriend, like stereotype in their life. Right. And there was a long time when I, I, that was who I was. Cause that was all I saw. And that was all I understood of like my own blackness and my own Asianness. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, if you are saying that you're deconstructing and you are in relationship with me, but you're not tackling this, then boo-boo, you have objectified me. And exactly. I am not, I am not an object. I'm a whole human being. So you don't get the grace and the glory of my presence because there's, because you have to heal in other ways. And I don't have the tools to deconstruct that for you. Exactly. And you know what? And I'll name it here, which I've said in certain spaces, but I, I guess I'll say it succinct here <laughs> since I'm here with my sister. <laughs> um, the, re the realty is um, who gets paid the most amount of dollars in the deconstruction space? The white, the white men. I, I, was this a rhetorical question? Because I just answered yeah. so fast. <laughs> <laughs> who gets the most notoriety? We all know who gets, who, who gets an episode in a Christianity today podcast on deconstructing from a very toxic church environment and who gets money for being the like lead voice in it, knowing that he has caused so much spiritual trauma to an entire generation. And then who's secondary, you know, so who gets, you know, so that's, that's at the front. So who's secondary? White women. Yeah. So who has the most amount in this, if this is a genre, who has the most amount of blue checks verified on Twitter? White and on Instagram, yeah, white women and white men. So I've said it before, what's interesting is that in the Christian space, some of the main people calling the shots that are toxic are white men and and then upholding that are white women black men be going up for upholding it too so i can't i can't even lie <laughs> i can't i cannot tell a lie black men be upholding that white patriarchy have, too right it's, <laughs> black it's men the, be black men be like they're <laughs> like i'm gonna raise the roof <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna raise the roof <laughs> even though it's even though it's holding us down <laughs> yeah like i'm like what are you doing <laughs> it's 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 as it's as wild as black man for Trump. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> it's going. It's just it's yeah black <laughs> black men who chase the god complex. You're like, Please you're not me. even getting money out of it. Like what are you what, what are you Seriously. doing here? Yeah. Um, so you hold up all the airtime in Christianity, and then when you leave it, you get to hold all the power too. And so to mm. your your point, when we're deconstructing the faith. Y'all are still in the front of the room. Yeah. Taking There's, all the airspace. Years ago, I saw, I forgot, I don't even remember where I saw it, but there's, it was, it was on the topic of decolonizing and the person, the speaker was being very clear. They were like, 
there's two ways to do it. The first way is that you decolonize. That's specifically for Black, Indigenous people of color. The second way is to unsettle. And that's specifically for white settler colonialism. And they were like, white people cannot say they're decolonizing. You are unsettling. And it actually will feel unsettling. <laughs> and I was like, end point. I sat there and I was like. You were like. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the energy I will now give off <laughs> in, in all capacities and all spaces. Whoa. So, so in my, like in my mind, that's, those are the two categories that I operate out of when I'm having these conversations or when people come at me with deconstruction or I read things, I'm like, okay, well, you're, are you unsettling or are you not unsettling? Because mm. if you're like you said, right. Yeah. You hated your church environment, but there's a lot more that you have to go through. Yeah. And this matters because as you're in, this isn't, this matters because as you're trying to find God or some people find themselves deconstructing right out of the church and right out of God, right. And that matters. Mm -hmm. Right. And I give honor and dignity to everyone's faith journey, even if that leads you away from classical thoughts of God and trauma can lead us there. Us, spiritual abuse can lead us there. And that's not to diminish that. What is important is having this conversation in a BIPOC-oriented way that says there are things that are hurting us that's, that is largely swirling around white supremacy. Yeah. And so I'm wanting to amplify that. And some of what is hindering our ability to see God, to perceive God, some of it has nothing to do with God. It's because the boot on our neck has to do with <laughs> Imago Day right in front of us. Yeah. And um, we can't pass down anything to our children because we have a boot on our neck. Mm -hmm. And so you're wanting, you're wanting to talk about this for me is an ancillary, ancillary issue. And I'm like, Hey, could you get the boot off my neck? Yeah. <laughs> Cause you're wanting to talk about the Nicene creeds. And I'm like, <laughs> I could, I could talk about the Nicene creeds. If you'd like, get your boot off my neck. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, like I can't deconstruct on that. Cause I'm like police brutality. Yeah. I, like those, these things are not equivalent to yeah. me. I think in my, it reminds me of uh, in my old, in my old church, there was a pastor a long time ago. And he said, the leader in the room is the calmest. And Ooh. right. I, I, so I like had tried to be that because I wanted to be a like church leader. And um, now I'm at this space where I'm like the calmest person in the room. Like there's no judgment for the calmest person in the room, but they don't get, they don't get to be called the leader. Mm. Right. I don't, I don't understand, I, I don't understand everyone's processing and coping, especially in hard conversations, but to say that the calmest person is the leader means that the people who are experienced, like it's experiencing actual trauma, actual outrage, who are hurting and crying and like even lamenting to say that they're not the leaders is, well, frankly, it's a shot in the face at God. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I that's like a part of the deconstruction conversation. Like people want to make it heady and 
well, usually like heady and academic because it's easier to conceptualize and to um, make something into an academic process than it is to actually feel the pain of it. Mm-hmm. And let, and like, it's like you hold, it's like, not you, but like, it's like people hold on to um, academia and academ- academic deconstruction as if it were like the lambs of blood that they put over their doorway. So they don't feel the pain. Yeah. And they don't recognize that they are um, complicit with the pain. Exactly. Right. And then when this, when the spirit of truth comes by, they're like, oh, I'm safe because I'm doing some academic deconstruction. When really it's like, no, like you're not, you're not, you're not safe in your being, but you're also not safe for me. Mm. You know? Yeah. And- That's good. And, and because a lot of us carry, deconstruction in an embodied way is what I'm hearing from you like for for many of us this isn't academic this is a matter of survival Mm -hmm. and what I think about God and what I'm experiencing in this faith deconstruction in this retooling of the house and what and as I'm dismantling my conceptions of God are very much not academic I need this what I believe about this being definitely is going to um, illuminate my path forward, right? Like this isn't, hmm, I guess I could go either way. (laughs) Fish or chicken for dinner. (laughs) Either. Three piece and a biscuit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tacos or burritos for dinner. Which (laughs) which one? No, for us, it's embodied. It's, Mm -hmm. is this God that was given to me that was delivered unto me in this white evangelical space is this God. And for me, it actually became, if this is God, I actually, for me, it, I actually became suicidal. Yeah. It actually, it wasn't optional for me to continue on that path. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to be blunt, I could not, there actually became uh, something had to give. Because if that was God, I could not serve that conception of God that was delivered to me. Yeah. Um, and so my deconstruction was embodied. Uh, it's like, hey, and then the the God we serve in, in the January 6th God um, that they worship and sing in, uh, how great is our God too? If that, we, we serve in the same gods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we ain't serving the same God, not at all. I remember I had a friend <clears throat> after January 6th, she saw a video where um, they were praying and singing How Great Is Our God. And she's like white, blonde, uh, green eyed. Like she's a very powerful organizer. And, but I remember she opened up with me and she was just like, I just, there's something in me that is wondering if they're right. And I was like, yeah, you know what that is? That's years of indoctrination that has lied to you. Um, and that I, I, I am not here to have that conversation with everyone. If I trust you, I will have that conversation because it is deep and it is hard for me. Um, especially on the side of, of like where I'm at, where I'm like, that's not God, but walking you out of that is, this is going to like, yes, this friendship will last years. Congratulations. You know, (laughs) yes, yes, that, that mentality. But, um, when you were saying embodiment, what I was thinking of how, for my friend, it was like 
she something in her had to shatter mm. for me something in me had to be reclaimed yes you know and that was um when I left evangelical a few months after I was I talked to my mentor and I was like I feel like the more I heal the less Christian I am and she was like 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 it was kind of like a back to basics like hold up like let's let's talk about this and um I had been in white evangelicalism for 10 years and prior to that I was in a small black church in a white community um talking about blackness taking on whiteness um but it has been this journey of like what does it look like to reclaim in a way that's expansive and keeps Mm -hmm. me in connection with God. And, and, um, there has been a lot of like studying my ancestors and, and understanding, um, you know, a lot of doing art, not for the sake of art, but doing art to be in connection with the, my, the heritages that I own. Right. So like getting my hair braided or, um, learning more about like Filipino tribal tattoos and what that means uh, X, Y, Z, like moving, like just moving into places where, um, diving into the creativity of my peoples and, and being able to find God in the expanse in their own expanses has been like, so truly beautiful. I'm not Japanese, but I like love writing haikus and haikus are a Japanese art form, but (laughs) there is, um, I like, I love the idea of using this, this art form that comes out of like Asia and having deep wisdom in small droplets. Like a, it's a small cup of water that will satisfy your thirst, which is why I love writing haikus. But that is also a part of the reclaiming process. So yeah. I just think, I think deconstru- like the conversation on deconstruction is necessary but what people don't realize is that like deconstruction is also the act of reclaiming. Yeah. And what are we reclaiming? How are we reclaiming it? Um, and to what, and, and to the degree where we feel comfortable doing it. Cause not every, like not everything feels comfortable mm-hmm. in the time and space. So how are we going to, to be, be comfortable um, and also challenged in our journey of reclamation deconstruction? Mm. I'm gonna give you that final word. I always uh, I, that was beautiful. Mm, that was beautiful. Um, oh, that was so beautiful. I'm not gonna say nothing else. So, where can the people follow you? Do you have anything coming up that you're excited about? Yeah, give us the deets. Yeah, the deets. Yeah. So I am on Twitter and Instagram, and like loosely on TikTok. Everything is TikTok is I'm not ready for that one yet. But the username's the same. It's hello Camille H. Um and then uh, I do have another podcast coming out, another devotional. <laughs> um and excited uh, hands. Excited hands. Yes, I have a podcast devotional for Lent um that's going to be coming out. So if you follow my social medias, you will have access um i think the trailer will be coming out next month on that and i did start right i started a sub stack last night yes. <laughs> i i so at one point i will be announcing my sub stack but i think i've i've added people 
who I follow on Twitter. So if you follow me on, if I follow you on Twitter and you suddenly find that I am subscribed to your Substack, um, it just like magically happened. Okay, okay. <laughs> prophetic. <laughs> prophetic, prophetic. I was like, do I tell him? So I think by like next week, Bill Substack will be out. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, amen, amen. <laughs> I've like, I've succumbed to the peer pressure. I've, get, I've given in. Hey, amen. Black Coffee and Theology Pod is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. Follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. If you like the content that you are receiving here and want to receive more, whether that is in longer conversations, essays, devotions, and videos from either myself, Sam, or Trey, please sign up for, for our Patreon at patreon.com slash three black men. Don't forget to like, rate, and review Black Coffee and Theology Pod as well as Three Black Men.